I am a disaster. We already know that. Okay. You don't need to remind me. Sig- significance <laughs> of 15. And we're going back in. <coughs> oh, I'm in charge of reading. Yeah, because you read all the other ones. So. It's just because I love the sound of my own Hello, voice. welcome to episode <laughs> 15. Of instead of sleeping. Yes. I feel like we never... I'm Kennedy. I'm McKaylee. <laughs> Casey forgot. And we are recording all of these very backwards. So if we somehow end up talking about things that we haven't talked about, talk- that we haven't talked about yet, <laughs> that could be why. Don't be confused. Buckle in, because it's going to be as big of a disaster as always. <laughs> So 15 is the synthesis of matter and spirit. Hmm. Whatever the hell that means. For sure. 15 is a dumb number. We should just skip this one. <laughs> just the episode ends. There is no significance to 15. It tells of independence, sensitivity. Oh. I'm laughing because I'm not a sensitive person, but with this episode, we but need to But actually this sense. episode, yeah. yeah. That's so a good one this person. is, wow. Weird. Um, teaching others. Somehow we always do that. Yeah. We always that's what we're doing on this podcast, right on teaching spot. you mm-hmm. about the things you don't want to know about. Yes. Your angel is telling you that your ideas and thoughts are prompting you to make some changes in your life, some much needed changes. All right, I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> That's the end of this podcast. All right, Michaela's going to so, take this one off. I'm not eating you guys later. <laughs> um, okay, so this episode, we are, it's. Uh, Pretty much the worst. I don't know why we even... Sorry, this was my This idea. is on McKaylee. She always this... picks the sad things. I'm like, look. <laughs> Actually, I chose Cannibal. I'm going to pretend this isn't my idea. <laughs> uh, so I chose this because I had watched Mindhunter recently. And um, it was really, really good. The second season, I mean. Um, first season was good, too. Well, no, I just mean I just oh, finished yeah. the second season. I watched the first season as soon as they came out. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yes, very, very good show. But this kind of, for whatever reason, ever since then, I could only get one theme and one story that I wanted to research. <laughs> that was all that was in my head. About, so, um, Children. Yes. Not children murderers. The other option. Oh, however, we will do children murderers soon, too. So, I guess I'm just gonna kick us off here. Oh, it's all very dark. It's gonna be kind of a rough one. Deep breath. Get your drinks so, ready. And I also just want to let everyone know that I did write this um, while I was hopped up on cold medication. So, and very tired. So, if it makes no sense, that is why. I'm going to try to do the story justice. But. So in the city of Atlanta, between 1979 and 1981, a man dubbed the Atlanta Child Killer killed at least 28 black children. Uh, the killings began in August of 1979, when the bodies of Edward Hope Smith, 14, and Alfred Evans, 13, are found in a vacant lot on Miski Lake Road. Um, Edward had been missing for seven days, and Alfred for three. Wait. So they didn't disappear together. No. But they were found together. But their bodies were found together. Oh. Yes, in a vacant lot. Ooh. I know. Very disturbing. So Milton Harvey was the third victim. He vanished in September of 1979, so just a month after the other two were discovered. While on an errand for his mom, 
His yellow bike was found a week after he disappeared, but his body wasn't found wasn't found until November of that year. Um, on October twenty first, nineteen seventy nine, Yusuf Bell was sent to the store to buy dip for his neighbor when he went missing. Uh, his body was found in an abandoned school weeks later. Oh my gosh, I know it's just so okay. There's a lot more, but it's just very. It weighs on Very you. upsetting. Yes. Do you might you you're gonna get to this? Do they catch him? I'll get to that because it's kind of a hard thing to explain. Okay. It's not it's not very black and white. I'll get there. One thing that is pretty crazy to think about, like, I mean, how like okay, if you think about this, a city like Mount Pleasant, which obviously we're in like a pretty small city, so we are pretty fortunate in the fact that a lot of crap doesn't really happen here. Mm-hmm. But but like. When a child goes missing, that's a, a really big deal. Like, everyone knows about it. Yeah. I mean, Could you, you imagine how much, of, like, if this many children, 28 children go missing in this town? But Atlanta, like, Atlanta's I mean, Atlanta's huge. huge for sure. But, like, I mean, and this, but this was also back in, like, the well, 70s. Still I don't really know how, cities. yeah, I guess I don't know how big it was back in the day, but I'd imagine it's not as big as it was. But, like, I just couldn't imagine even, like, a child going missing, but for 28 yeah. children to go missing over the span class. of, like, a couple years. That's yeah. an entire grade of kids gone. Wild. So the next victim was 12-year-old Angel Lanier, who was the first girl to be targeted on March 4th, 1980. Uh, a week later, Jeff Mathis, 11, also went missing. Uh, a witness had seen him get into a blue car with two men. Uh, that April is when Camille Bell the mother of Yusuf Bell, and the parents of other missing and slain children suspect that there's like a likely a connection between them. And then they form the Committee to Stop Children's Murders. But then just continues. <laughs> doesn't stop there, unfortunately. Um, in May, Eric Middlebrooks was 14 when he vanished after he hurried out of the house following a phone call, which I found that one kind of strange. Um, not that there really is any connection there, but yeah, just like was kind of a strange, weird, he goes, rushes out to answer a phone call and then never comes back. Like just, I don't know, could it have been related? Who knows? I also like, sorry, back up where I said, this is why you don't answer the phone when strangers call. (laughs) Right. Dude, I never answer (laughs) calls. I don't don't even answer phones to people I know. (laughs) If they want, if they need me, they'll leave a message. That's my theory. If you need me, you'll text me because you know I hate phone calls. Yeah. Something also weird to note is they, and I think it occurs in, within a few different witness account, encounters, but um, they see them get into a car with two men, which is just something I want to know. Fucking hell. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's funny because it's done it once before, but it didn't scare you then, but. I told you I have a weird. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was my, um, what do you even call that? My uh, air freshener. It <laughs> just, uh. Scare the shit out of Kennedy. To be fair, it is right next door, so. I really feel like I can't breathe. Oh my god. Okay, I'm good. Are we sure? No, I still can't breathe very well, but it's fine. I just don't like the idea that two people are hanging out and doing this. Oh, yeah, by no means. But again, with like your story, what is there, like a pedophile <laughs> website or something where you meet up? It was and the like, 70s. Hey, so there wasn't a pedophile like, website. I. But- it's just crazy to me. No, that... <laughs> there was a pedophile ad, classified <laughs> ad in the newspaper. Are you a pedophile? <laughs> looking for fellow pedophiles. This will make sense later. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just... Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. No, it's just... 
freaky that, like, I don't know, I guess. It is weird. One guy is scary enough. I don't need two men doing shit. I'm like, right. I see two people together and I'm like, they're obviously mm-hmm. up to something. Well, and the fact friends. that, like, they're getting into a car with two men, like, does that not... Um, it wasn't a thing it's like back a big then. red flag for me, but yeah, it, it wasn't. My heart rate is so erratic right now, I want you to know that. It's still <laughs> I'm great. so sorry. Christopher Richardson was 12 when he, he went missing on June 9th while on his way to a local pool. His body was found in January alongside a later victim, Earl Terrell. Uh, Latanya Wilson was the killer's youngest victim at the age of seven. <gasps> oh, no. um, witnesses say she was abducted on June 22nd and her body was found in October. Oh my god. And just like the rapid speed that they're finding these bodies too. Well, is they have, so but at the same insane. time, like some of them are found like within like a couple weeks. Like, and then some of them are months. Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine right. like being the person, like, because you know they're still like, they're out there. Like, right. parents think that they're not going to be like, well, obviously this is all connected. Like, right. months of you just being like, mm-hmm. they could be out there. And, oh my God. Well, there's some in here that are noted, and I don't, you know, it just kind of mentions that they went missing. Yeah. And it doesn't really like mention if their bodies were ever found. So I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I don't know what would be worse, not knowing or like <clears throat> all of it. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. I could not imagine. So, the day after LaTanya's abduction, Aaron, which, 10, disappeared near a shop. He was last seen getting into a car with two men. Um, by July, five Atlanta police investigators were assigned to a special task force to investigate and began to suspect a pattern. I would hope so. You know, it's just wild, too. Yeah, it's like that all the parents were like, these are connected. And then, like, months later, the police are like, these are connected. <laughs> huh. After, like, ten more children. Oh, it's my like God. Ridiculous. But they also, I have heard a lot that, like, in a lot of what I was reading, like, a police cover-up and stuff like that, and so that's why the police weren't as, like, involved in... I don't trust anybody, but every time I hear that, a police cover-up, I get so mad. Yeah. So, between August and November of 1980, five more children were killed. Luby Getter was 1981's first victim after going missing on January 3rd. Terry Pugh also went missing that month. The killings continued with six more bodies found across Atlanta, including the first adult victim, Eddie Duncan. Which weird. is weird, right? Um, How old was he? I am not sure. But there were a few. So, sorry, my next bullet here. Larry Rogers, 20. John Potter, 28. And Jimmy Ray Payne, 21. Were all murdered in April. Weird. Yeah. William Barrett, 17 was found in May in a wooded area close to his home. One witness reported a black man in a blue car looking at the place the body was found before driving away. Ooh. And the final victim was Nathan or Nathaniel Carter, who was 27. And it is just very strange because, I mean, if you watch Mindhunter 2, probably does a lot better um, of explaining it than I do, but... um. I don't know, the way that I kind of, it's almost like, I wonder if, I don't know where they connected these older victims to the younger victims. And if I, yeah, and if I remember right, like, they don't really, I don't think they really detail a lot of, like, how their bodies were found and, like, what positions or anything. It's just the fact that, like, all these kids were going missing and hearing a lot about getting into cars with men. You know, like, that kind of thing. Like, I don't really think they say... There was no, like, signature... Emma. 
you know, it wasn't like the bodies were all posed the same yeah. way or that sort of thing. So I don't, so I guess I don't really know exactly where. I like, know, like, they found fibers and whatnot. Yeah. So I, you know, obviously maybe they connected them in that way, but it just seems so strange like, that he was killing all these random. young kids and then just suddenly it's these older. And they're all the later victims, too. Yeah. Um, but more than 100 police were now working to catch the killer. Wow. And curfews had been imposed across the city. Children were banned from playing outside. Aww. Which, yeah, is so sad, but you know, good, at the same time, but... it's good because, yeah, it's like... But imagine that's your childhood. That's so sad like, right. that that happens in your... <sighs> right. And to, I mean, it's like, do you tell your kids they can't play outside because of that? Like, yeah. you know, I don't... You I mean you probably have to because what kid is going to be like not question why they're not allowed yeah. to play outside and then just to live in fear as a ten year old child? I don't. Know, it's just really yeah. sad. So officers started to stake out bridges, and during one of the stakeouts on May twenty second, nineteen eighty one, detectives heard a splash under the Chattahoochee River bridge and then saw a car drive off. Um, and the car was finally stopped about a half mile from the bridge. So, the car was driven by Wayne Williams, a music promoter who often worked with young people. Uh, So, Williams claimed that he had been dumping trash when detectives heard the splash. However, Nathaniel (laughs) Carter's body was found downstream two days later, and police believed this was enough to link Williams to the killings. Seems pretty connected. And so, he was, like, pulled in for questioning and everything, but... um, that wasn't all. His alibi for why he was in the area was disproven. Um, they found carpet fibers from William's home on several of the victims, Ew. as well as um, dog hair, like Ooh. matching his dog. And Ew. oh, he also failed, failed a lie detector test, but as we know, that doesn't really not prove anything. <laughs> right. Uh, another weird thing was he was caught handing out flyers requesting kids aged 11 to 21 to audition for a music group. I mean, just weird little <laughs> I'm sorry, things like that's that. That's so like, weird. I mean, it, it's it's kind of crazy when you think of all these things separately. Yeah. Like being something that, you know, the fact that all these little pieces of evidence, like when you look at them separately, like that was enough for him to be found guilty. Yeah. But like when you put them all together, it is weird. You yeah. Know? It's just weird. But again, they've been seeing two men, and it's just this one man. man. Oh but um, on June 21st, 1981, Williams was arrested for the murders of Nathaniel Carter and Jimmy Ray Payne. Okay. Only the two. Only the two of the 28, And 29. he was found guilty at a trial the following year, year and jailed for two life sentences. Okay. But he was never arrested or charged with the murders of any of the children. Um, however, oh. police do believe that he was responsible and close to the case. They clo- when um, there could have been another guy out there? Yeah. Well, especially, what? yeah, like, the fact that, you know, were, they were always seen getting in cars with two, two men. men. Like, I mean, that's, it's not just one story. There were several witnesses. Yeah, you'd think like that. You'd be like, no, we need to keep it open for the sole reason that. That, that there's someone else out there. Yeah. Like, so, Williams is now 61 years old and has served almost 40 years for a crime that he still claims he didn't commit. Oh, my gosh. And actually, earlier this year, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and Police Chief Erica Shields announced that the case would be reexamined. Good. There's yes. another... Well, okay, even if... Say it isn't him. There's two people there's out there. There's two other people out but there. But there's at least be, one other guy right. out there. And Did almost it. 40 years. But... 
the one thing is that he was put away and it stopped. And it stopped. Yeah. But it could just be a criminal thinking. He got lucky. Yeah. He's like, they put- but at the same time, if you've killed 28 kids and that quickly, that means, like, you're very impulsive. Yeah. And I wouldn't think that, like, just because no, someone is jailed, you would stop. You would, like, you, you, you'd yeah. be so compelled to keep going. You know, yeah. that's just a weird thing. Well, that's the same thing with what happened in, um, I guess it wasn't as many kids, but in my story, which you guys mm-hmm. will hear, it went... It, like like the one guy died and they under under very suspicious circumstances and mm-hmm. then it stopped right which is weird but then they think maybe some other what if it's just the guy's just moving yeah it could be yeah like say if he moves across the country I mean I don't think a detective's gonna think well I bet this well look is at what happened with all like Ted Bundy he was going across right. states saying that's why it was so hard to find because they yeah. weren't sharing the information and suddenly right. they're like. Wait a second. Yeah. I know this. I know this case. Yeah. Like, this This seems uh, really familiar. Um, so, just like my last note here, um, William's lawyer had a theory for who the real killer was, which I think it, honestly, from what I've read... Makes sense. It does make sense. Um, so, white supremacist and KKK member Charles T. Sanders was one of the original suspects in the case, um, and a friend had apparently admitted Sanders was bragging about committing the murders. Ew. Which could just be, like, a narcissistic, I mean, I could see a KKK member, you know. Like, oh, we did it. Yeah, I honestly like thought to, that's what was going to happen when you started. Yeah, that and that's, I mean, tied. it's always, it's been highly suspected that I mean, there were connections, sense. but they could never tie them. Tie them. Uh, one thing that I did read in this article, don't know how, like, accurate, you know. It yeah. Is, I don't, this Sanders guy also had a similar dog to... Williams, Ooh. you know, I said they found dog yeah. hair from that. So, yeah. Oh, it was a little that's weird. That's creepy. Yeah. I like so, it. that's the story. And if you have not seen Mine Hunter at all or season two, watch it. I need to watch it. It's amazing. But yeah, that's the story. Um, rest in peace to all the yeah. sweet little babies. That's so sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh... Oh, Hard to... Ready for your story. <laughs> Just kidding. Hard to transition from that. Yeah. So Even Kennedy's going to talk about some dark things also. Dark things in Michigan. We're bringing that back, at yep. least. Because it's in our contract. Yeah, the contract that we've been avoiding for weeks. <laughs> Yikers. That's we why were... we've only been doing it bi-weekly, because yeah. we keep forgetting. Yeah, and we weren't kidding when we said this podcast is coming to an end. They're getting ready to... Cut the cord. <laughs> the producers are pissed. Yeah. They just make weird noise. It's the ghost in McKaylee's apartment, and he keeps making weird noises. Yeah. So we're concerned. Yes. Not for sure. Yeah, wait. But. All right, here we go. Do you know the Oakland County child killer? I do not. In, in the 70s, two boys and two girls went missing in Oakland County, which is in Detroit. Ooh. And. <laughs> is McKaylee it now? forgot. <laughs> Uh, But they were found within 19 days of when they went missing. So, um, at the time, it was the largest murder investigation in U.S. history. Oh, wow. Really? That was interesting. There is a five-part docu-series on the case, a documentary called Children of the Snow and Decades in Deceit. They're known as the OCCK, Oakland County Child Killer, but also known as the Babysitter Killer or the Babysitter. The babysitter Isn't that killer. creepy? Ew. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that. But they, it's possible that multiple people were involved with the crimes. Really? Yes. There are four confirmed victims. 
Uh, Mark Stebbins was 12. On February 15th, 1976, Mark's mother, or Mark told his mother that he was going to watch TV, to go home and watch TV, and he left the American Legion Hall. He was found four days later, lay neatly in a snowbank outside of an office at 10 Mile in Greenfield, Greenfield in Southfield. He was strangled and sexually assaulted and had two lacerations on the back of his head, and there were rope marks on his wrists and ankles. He was completely dressed in the last outfit he was seen wearing. Hmm. I don't like the neatly part. That, yeah. that got me. I was like, well, I mean, all of, obviously all of it all is of it horrifying. Pretty messed up, but yeah. Uh, Jill Robinson was 12 when on December 22nd, 1976, she packed a bag and uh, decided to run away after an argument with her mother. Her bicycle had been found the next day behind a hobby store on the main street of town. She was found on December 26 on the side of an inter- on the side of Interstate 75 in Troy. Uh, she had been shot while laying face up, which is how she was found. She was found fully clothed, still wearing her backpack, and her body was placed neatly in the snow, visible from the police station. Ugh. that's just it's unsettling. It gives you yeah, to think that someone was that like meticulous. That and like. I don't want to say cocky, but like, full of like themselves. That, yeah, that they were like, I'm, right I'm gonna place you right in front of the police. Yeah, and they're still not gonna catch me. Uh, Christine Mila uh, was ten when on January second, nineteen seventy seven, at three o'clock in Berkeley. All these names are in Detroit, by the way, because it sounds like I'm just saying a bunch of town names. <laughs> they're all in Detroit. Oh, okay, they're like suburbs, right? Like, oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, on January 2nd, 1977, at 3 o'clock in Berkeley, she was seen at a 7-Eleven on 12 Mile buying a magazine. Three hours later, she was reported missing. 19 days later, they found her on a rural road in Franklin Village in a snowbank. She was um, in view of the houses, like people could look out and see her. Um, Her eyes were closed and her arms were folded across her chest. She was fully dressed. She had been smothered and died less than 24 hours before being found. So we held her, too, for... Yeah. You could have just looked out and seen that happening. Like, mm-hmm. Ugh. And oh. it's just so weird that they're all so different. Yeah, like, the only consistent thing is their dress in a snowbank. Right. Timothy King was 11. Sorry, this one's rough. Okay. Mm-hmm. On March 16th, 1977, at 8.30 p.m., he borrowed some money from his sister and left home to buy candy at a local drugstore on Maple Road. He walked out the back entrance and vanished after... Well, well, during the time he was missing, uh, the Detroit News printed a letter from his mother where she said she hoped that Timothy could come home so she could serve him his favorite meal, which was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Aww. On March 22nd, two teenagers found his body in a shallow ditch on Gill Road close to 8 Mile in Livonia. Now, Livonia. I know 8 Mile. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of 8 Mile. Uh, his skateboard was placed next to him. Mm. His clothes had been washed and pressed. He'd been suffocated and sexually assaulted. He had been suffocated six hours before being found, and they found that he had eaten fried chicken before he was killed. <gasps> Isn't that was terrifying? So, like, the guy, the person heard or read the letter from the mom. Right. That's but, so like, messed he, up. But, like, was held for four days. Like, I'm bleeding. You know, we talked about it just randomly. <laughs> You're bleeding. randomly bleeding, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, look, I don't like it. So there's a couple suspected and possible murders associated with the crime. 
There's oh, uh, there's more that there's more that are possible, but they can't confirm, and it's they're like might not be likely. So Cynthia Keto was 16. She was abducted and bludgeoned to death on January 15th, 1976. She was discovered nude and battered early January 16th. So like that one doesn't really fit. Different, his. yeah. The profiles and. That's why they think maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane Allen was 14 when she was found murdered by carbon monoxide in the river on August 11th after she went missing while hitchhiking in Royal Oak on August 7th, 1976. Kimberly Alice King was 12 when she went missing in Warren on September 15th, 1979. She was never found, but they think mm-hmm. it is connected. Amy... I'm going to spell it. <laughs> Give it to the best shot. M-I-H-A-L-J-E-V-I-C. What? Miljevic? Hey, that looks like my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel when I look at your no. name. Mil- yeah. Miljevic? Miljevic? <laughs> We're sorry, Amy. Uh, she was 10 when she went missing in Bay City Village, or Bay Village, Ohio. Oh. No, I think Bay City is like, wow, that's so close. So went missing in Bay Village, Ohio, near Cleveland, on October 27th, 1989. It was 13 years after the first murder. Oh, wow. And they think that one might be? They think it's possible. And in Ohio? Yeah. But it could be related to something else um, mm. because she had been abducted at a, sop- a shopping center and found February the following year. But she had actually received a phone call prior to her death. From a man who was asking her for help to surprise her mom at a new job promotion her mom had gotten. And multiple girls in the area had received the call. The similar call. So they oh, think yeah. it could be related, but also like could be something else entirely. Yeah. Um, after Christine had been found, which she was... Christine was the third victim. So after she was found, the authorities publicly released reports um, that there was a possibility of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, after Timothy King was abducted, they released a drawing of the kidnapper and the vehicle he was that he was supposedly driving. Mm-hmm. A woman claimed that she had seen a boy with a skateboard talking to a man in the parking lot be- behind the drugstore that Timothy had been last seen in. They said that the man had been driving a blue AMC Gremlin with white stripes, and they ended up questioning every person who owned a Gremlin car in Oakland County. Really. Mm-hmm. The suspected killer was a white male with dark complexion, 25 to 35, with shaggy hair and sideburns. Wow, surprising. <laughs> Hard to find that in the 70s. Um, given his, they said because of his freedom and like, like being able to move everywhere and that getting children to trust him, mm-hmm. they suspected that he had a job like a police officer, a clergyman, or a doctor. Ugh. They also believed that he was really familiar with the area because mm-hmm. of the different routes he took and just strange places that he left them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's likely he lived alone because he could disappear without people really questioning why he was gone for right. lengths of time. So a task force assembled and they cl- checked over 18,000 tips that were called in. And it led to 24 unrelated arrests, such as a multi-state child pornography ring operating in northern Michigan near the Leelanau Peninsula. Wow. What? Isn't that crazy? Can you oh imagine? my gosh. I spent all my time here in the <laughs> Leelanau Peninsula. I thought of it like the candy goes to the Leelanau Peninsula. I guess I should watch the children and make sure they're okay. Yeah, well, they busted it. Oh, they good. busted okay. the multi state child pornography. But you never rate. know. Is, That's insane. Can you imagine you're like, we're looking insane. for a serial killer? And they're like, and they're, oh, look. <laughs> this isn't good. I'd be like, this also was very bad. <laughs> in December of 1978, the task force disbanded, and the investigation was turned over to the state police. 
Gosh, but you were finding so many good things. I know, like, why would you keep investigating? Yeah, man? exactly. Apparently, yeah, it's going to turn up all good. Yeah, it's going to turn up all kinds of things. Um, in 2013. Wow, 2013. 2013. Okay. We well, say recent, but that was still like. Okay, it was. I know, six but years, it feels but, like it was so recent. Yeah, well, compared to 78, you're like, yeah. what? That's like crazy amount of time mm-hmm. has passed. So in 2013, a blue AMC gremlin was reported to be buried in a field being developed in Grand Blank, which I read somewhere that... Not suspicious whatsoever. <laughs> I actually read somewhere that that's like a common thing. To bury like a... Farmers car. do that sometimes. What? I don't like old cars. I read that somewhere. I don't know what? if you're a farmer. I don't know how yeah. accurate it is. If you're a farmer, please let you us know a car. if you bury your cars. It's... <clears throat> Never heard I of it. just... Yeah, it's weird and like... But the fact that it's a blue AMC gremlin, like right, that's, that they're looking for yeah. is obviously why. So that's that's definitely suspicious. But I was more just like a car <laughs> buried. buried no, it seems very. I suspicious. don't. Apparently, it's a thing though, and hmm. I I don't I don't know what the seventies. I guess I won't. Seventies and eighties seems like a different time. Yeah. The case remains unsolved to this day. Unsolved. Unsolved. The case is still unsolved, but. Okay, I was gonna say I thought when I because I googled it really quick just to see what OCC case <laughs> yeah. for. And I saw a man. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's a number of suspects and people of interest. A number of them. Star- yeah. <clears throat> so starting with Alan. A few... <laughs> that's it. Just Alan. A few weeks after Timothy King's death, mm-hmm. Dr. Danto, a psychiatrist, uh, received a poorly written letter indicating guilt. Mm-hmm. The writer stated that he was a sadomasochist save, slave of his roommate, Frank, who was the OCCK. The writer, who called himself Alan, stated that he'd gone with Frank on trips to find boys, but was never with him for the abductions. He confirmed that Frank drove a gremlin, but um, that the car had died in Ohio, so it was no longer in Michigan. He said that Frank had been traumatized in the Vietnam War, where they'd served, like both of them together, and he was taking out revenge on the rich to make them suffer for sending troops to Vietnam. Jesus Christ. Not an excuse to murder children. Pretty, yeah. Like, especially, I don't know. Kill the British people. Like, don't kill children. What's that about? It's a weird connection to make. You know what? You could have gone after. You made me suffer. Let's kill your children. You could have gone after people in government. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these kids even vote. Yeah. Several other options. Yeah. Uh, So, Alan told Danto to print the co-words, Weather Bureau says trees to bloom in three weeks in the paper. Um, and then he got a phone call from Alan who offered photographic evidence in exchange for immunity. Mm-hmm. So Danto ex- arranged a meeting, but Alan never showed and was never heard from again. So Alan wrote the letter saying that Frank was guilty. Frank was guilty. Yeah. And he wanted immunity and it never showed up. And they never heard from him again. What? Isn't that creepy? Yeah. It's unsettling. There, then there was Bob. Okay. Uh, so Bob, not his he real name. He sounds like a... Oh. <laughs> not <laughs> his real name. I was like, it's gotta be Bob. That sounds like a serial killer so, name. So Bob claimed to know who the killer was and that there were oh. actually a lot more victims. Uh, and that I thought was, you were saying Bob was the killer. I was like, yep, yep that guy. <laughs> we know. Bob's the killer. Uh, and it was linked more to, victims? Yeah, he says there was more that they were oh. never found, and that it was linked to, like, a devil worship sacrifice type of thing. What? His claim was dismissed. I guess that I could see that with the, like, it's like a ritualistic the weird laying of the yeah. bodies. But his claim was dismissed due to lack of evidence. Mm. 
Then there was Archibald Edward Sloan, who was a pedophile known for victimizing young boys in his neighborhood. They found hair samples. Oh, no. Hair samples found in his 1966 Pontiac Bonneville, which is the car I used to drive. Not the same <laughs> year, but I drove a Pontiac Bonneville. <laughs> Terrible. Thank God I got rid of it. <laughs> it's cursed. It's cursed. Pontiac Bonneville. God damn it, Bonnie. Um, so hair samples found in his car matched hair found on Timothy and Mark, but the hair samples what? did not match the other victims. Like his hair didn't match the hair samples that they found mm-hmm. or like the hair samples found on any of the victims. And the ones they found in the car didn't match the other two victims. It's weird, but no- it matched two of the victims. Yeah, the hair matched two of them. It was weird. And he said that he, because he had a lot of friends who were also pedophiles, apparently. <laughs> just like, is that just a thing? <laughs> hung out together. We, I, met, we <laughs> met online on pedophilesonly.com. Oh, Oh, what? I hate it. Yeah. Um, but he lent his car to them. So that they could go look. So <laughs> they could go. He's like, I don't know what they did in that car. I just like let I just know bar. they're also into little kids. So, so. I said, borrow it. I don't want to hear. <laughs> um, but uh, all of the victims, they found white animal hair on them. Ah. But they don't know where it came from. And they don't know what kind of animal? Um, I think they said a dog. but a dog. I didn't read that. They mm. had a confirmed animal. Mm-hmm. You're going to like this next one. Okay. Do you want to guess? It's a famous person. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, they, John Wayne Gacy. What? They suspect it could have been John Wayne what? Gacy. Because um, a witness to Timothy's abduction said that there were actually two men seen with him. Uh-huh. And one of them bore a really strong resemblance to Gacy, who has, had been in Michigan at the time. Really? Yes. However, in 2013, they confirmed that it was not him. Oh, Because you imagine how crazy it was. That's wild. Yeah. One thing I noticed with, like, going through these is a lot of them were, like, involving boys. Uh-huh. Like, the cases. But there was two girls. There was two girls, too. Like, actually, yeah. in all the suspected John... and possible were girls, yeah. too. Yeah. Because wasn't John Wayne. Yeah, he was after him. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, it's just weird that. Right. All of them were, like, known for associate, like, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Then there was Theodore Lamborghini. Lamborghini. I think that's Is he it. related to the, uh... The other Lamborghini. <laughs> the other Lamborghini. There's only two. <laughs> so, Ted Lamborghini was arrested in Ohio. They believed that he had been involved in a child porn ring in the 70s. Wow. Yep. Uh, he was a top suspect in 2007, and he pled guilty to 15 sex-related counts involving young boys. In October 2007, Mark Stebbins' family filed a wrongful death lawsuit stating that he had been, that he had lived in Metro Detroit around that time, had held Mark captive before killing him, but he had never, never been formally linked or charged for the crime. And we have Chris, Chris Bush. Okay. Uh, Chris had been in police custody before Timmy's abduction and was suspected for involvement in child child pornography. Allegedly, he committed suicide on November 1978, despite there being no blood or gunshot residue in the area. He had been neatly wrapped under his sheets with one bullet hole between his eyes. There was no blood in the apartment at all. And they think this was a suicide? Suicide, yeah. And they, um, there was a hand-drawn image of a boy resembling Mark screaming pinned to the wall in his room. 
What? Um, that made me very uneasy. There's There was no confirmed activity of the OCC, like, after his death. Like, after he died, nothing happened. Like, that they could link. Mm-hmm. Later, it was revealed that there was a bloody rope found in the house, but that's it. What? Isn't that... I'm just gonna let that <laughs> sit for a second. That's... Yeah. That's weird. So, this like, whole... was it that maybe he was working with someone that... What if everyone was working together? And... Yeah. I don't know. like, a whole ring Which, of... there was, like, a couple things of, like, they thought maybe it was, like... They blamed it on him because they wanted it to, like, go away type of thing. Oh. There was a lot of stuff about it. Like, it was a big deal. Like, they just framed him or something yeah. and killed him. Like, All you would think if you were going to frame someone, you would actually make it look like a suicide, yeah. though. Maybe, well, maybe, like, how would you be able to wrap yourself up? <laughs> Shoot yourself in the head. Clean up. Clean up all your blood. <laughs> As a ghost, like, they're not going to catch me. Um, maybe it was an officer, like the um, Golden State Killer, and, like, framed him and s- then went off the radar. I wouldn't be surprised. It's happened before. I don't trust him. All right, everybody, submit your DNA to Ancestry.com. <laughs> it wasn't Ancestry.com oh. that caught him. They say, we do not share DNA. It was, like, an off-brand. <laughs> So, no, so no. it was the off-brand. It was the off-brand ancestry. ancestry. Okay, I don't care. Put your t- <laughs> I would be willing to get my DNA. <laughs> I'll be first in line. Yeah. And you know the people that aren't first in line? The killers. They're the killers. <laughs> it's exactly. like everybody's like, we're not doing that. It's like all of you are murderers. You probably have killed someone in your lifetime. <laughs> I know you. I know who you are. <laughs> Alright, so final one is Jeff Gannon, who Jeff was an unidentified man was referred to as Jeff, and he informed Oakland County investigators in 2010 that an acquaintance of his used to take him to different buildings where satanic rituals were performed. The acquaintance could navigate lesser-known routes associated with the case, so, like, mm-hmm. he knew all these roads that had been going on, the weird back roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said um, his acquaintance would talk about things that were written in Alan's letter. Like, details of Alan's letter. Uh, what? Jeff had been interviewed by prosecutor Jessica Cooper, and she dismissed his suggestions and described the interview with him as a rambling statement. Jeff, however, continued to research the crime and supposedly discovered the murderer. He refused to identify the man until the authorities divulged crucial evidence because he wanted to be sure rather than, you know, identify a man and ruin his life. Right. Because he's now pegged as a possible... Person. He stated that the killers were conducting Wiccan sacrifices that coincided with pagan celebrations or the lunar calendar, which would make sense like the winter times. He said that there were between 11 and 16 victims total. Oh, which goes with what Bob was saying, the Uh unidentified Bob. That there were more victims. That there were more victims and it was satanic. I mean, Wiccan and satanic are not Dude, the same, but... that's it. They're all in the I'm saying, like, it makes, like, all of them sound like they're connected. Right, in some way or like, another. Like, if, what's his... Like, the fact that his corroborates, like, Alan's... Bob's. Letter. No. Yeah, oh. Right? Alan's, Alan's letter. letter. Yep. But then it also, like, corroborates what Bob was saying. Yeah. And then Archibald's car... Is related. Right. So maybe it was another person that they never caught that was, like, related to all these people. Yeah. They just didn't. And maybe John Wayne Gacy was, like, was like hanging out. out. Yeah. Or, like, gave him the idea. Or, like, All the pedo friends were hanging out. Right. And someone's like, well, what if we do a month? Obviously, that guy had how many pedophile <laughs> friends? There probably is some website out there on the dark <gasps> web where And they just dismissed meet. all the evidence. And you could have found a connection between all these people. 
So Paul Hughes actually sued Oakland County and demanded Cooper's resignation based on evidence, on Jeff's evidence, saying that there had been a cover-up and obstruction. They had been covering something up, which Mm -hmm. would go with our theory that this was an officer and they killed Chris Bush. You know what would be more fun than this podcast? I was just going to say that. Because every episode we're like, we hacked it, we solved it. I'm not kidding. We could go like, I mean, they let you look at a lot of this stuff publicly because let's just like go look at all these cases and like come up with our insane theories of why how we solved the case based on this past evidence that's our next podcast yeah so in march of 2012 the case was dismissed for lack of evidence and that's see we need to yeah there are a lot of crimes i would love to solve like what? i mean i'm sure there are a lot of okay i was like would love to solve but... yeah well know. like my great-grandpa is he murdered he's a serial killer no i'm just kidding. <laughs> Like he was murdered, and I've never gotten no, no, over no. his, his daughter. Was <gasps> shit, mm-hmm. but he's my he's my step great grandpa, so I don't really know her. I never, well, obviously, I never knew her because she died before I was That's born. Crazy. But um, yeah, she was murdered because I've always thought that what if it was the Golden State Killer? Because shut up, like I I literally looked up his murders and the timeline of his murders and where he would be at the time because she lived out in California. Yeah. And that was the one thing I always wanted was to solve that before he passed. And I mean, he's a hundred, just turned a hundred in April. So I say, holy shit, we get this information. We try to solve this so that we can let him know. All right. So he can die peacefully. Uh, but yeah, that's the Oakland County child killer. That's wild. And I'm very upset with myself for not knowing i'm upset it happened well okay i'm upset it happened for sure yeah no i I was surprised i don't know a lot about the fact that we're supposed to be these true crime crime but i I don't want to know about crimes that happen in michigan usually because i'd rather pretend that it doesn't happen here like i know it does right but at the same time you're like if i just pretend it doesn't (laughs) pretend it won't doesn't happen in michigan we're too good for that anyways that is the end of... Wait, I guess we should talk. Well, I'm trying to think of any updates on my... Oh, I have an update on my mom, actually. Hmm. So, so she... My mom is always late to work. Like, she consistently oh clocks into work at, like, 8.02. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, why don't you leave earlier? She's like, I can leave at 7 o'clock. I'm punching at 8.02. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a huge thing at her work that she's late. Mm-hmm. And so I walked out of the kitchen one morning, and my mom is painting a... <laughs> A mirror. Like, she's getting, like, putting the tape on the mirror, getting paint out. I'm like, um, what are you doing? She goes, painting this? I was like, don't you have to leave in, like, 15 minutes, like, for work? She's like, yeah. Wasn't was she, like, like, in a robe or she something? She was still in a robe. Her hair was done, but she was, like, in a robe. She wasn't even dressed. And I was like, don't you have to leave soon? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Do you have time for that? She's like, no. And I was like, <laughs> Are you late like every day? She's like, yeah. She's like, you know, I'm trying to get fired, <laughs> which is like a huge thing. She always jokes about getting fired. Uh-huh. She's like, she'll say stuff at work about it. <laughs> so that's so funny. Yeah. She made it to work though on time. Good. She Good actually punched in at seven fifty nine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So she did it. So maybe, maybe painting mirrors is the key. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was I'm episode fifteen. That yeah, <laughs> it was episode fifteen. We hope you enjoyed it as much as anyone could enjoy like something you like went, this. I like that you went from singing to to just, you're like, I hope you enjoy... 
enjoyed it. <laughs> it's called talent, McKaylee. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, go follow us on our social medias: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instead of sleeping podcast, uh, go check out our website. I'm really proud of it. I made it on my own. It's called Instead of Sleeping Podcast at WordPress.com. Send us an email. Instead of sleeping podcast at gmail.com. I'm not even going to say please anymore. Just do Just it. Just do it. Just do it. Go like us if you can rate us. I'm pretty sure we have an Irish listener now. What? And I'm stoked, but I'm also very upset that they have not sent us a video of them speaking. Yeah. I also know someone that listens. So in if New you're York. listening and you are Irish, yes. please send, send us a video. Anyways, okay. it's been real. Tell people. Tell it's, your friends at whatever been, social group you're a part of, unless you're a pedophile. Real, it's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. I've heard that, that somewhere. Right? <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah, I think. Well, how could an episode about child killers be real fun, you know? I don't think any of these episodes could ever be defined as real fun. I mean, Bye. some of the paranormal <laughs> stuff is fun. Oh, yeah, some spooky shit. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.